Open up your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Rachel, just stay up there with me, please, and help keep the anointing moving in this place. Can you be the minstrel to the prophet? Hallelujah. It was so cool because when Brother Anthony was here, he was like, I wanted to ask her to stay up there, but I didn't know if she was used to it. I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) She's ready to go three, four, five hours. Oh, man, I love Jesus. I love Sister Rachel. Praise the Lord. Look at Acts chapter 17, verse 26 on the other side of your announcements or notes. Thank you. You can put on your notes every nation and every tribe. Every nation and every tribe. Today is our all nations dinner outreach, and we just invited you to come. I promise you I won't keep you too much past 2 o'clock, okay? So we'll have a good late lunch today. I kid, I kid. Really, I think I might be done preaching by 12 because I don't have a whole lot to say, but it is very important. How many know when the police officer says stop, he doesn't have to say a whole lot, but it's very important. Amen? How many know when Publishers Clearinghouse shows up to your door and says you won? They don't have to say a lot, but it's really important. Amen? (laughs) Come on. And it's really important that we know that every tribe and every nation... God loves and has a plan for their salvation. There's been rumors over the years that God just saves certain people. When the white man was preaching and enslaving the African-American man in America, they began to say only the white man's going to be saved. You know, the black people don't have souls. And how many people know that was a lie from the devil? How many people know that those guys were the first one to hit the flames of hell? Bible says you can't go to heaven like that. And then there's these groups of people today, you might see them every now and then on street corners, that teach that only the colored uh, skin, dark <laughs> films, racist, now colored people, uh, that people of color are the only ones that are saved. And that means African Americans, Latinos, and these different people. So now they're like giving it back to the white man. Everyone's going to heaven but you. You're the devil. You're the cause of all the problems on the earth. And we've actually heard that witnessing. And none of it is true. It's not that God favors this people or that people. It's not that one is better than the other. It's not even that God favors rich people or poor people. It's not that God favors uh, people who have educations and those who have no education. Okay? It's not that God favors city people to country people. God loves all people. Amen? He loves you and I the same. He doesn't love pastors and non-pastors differently. He doesn't love uh, divorced people and married people differently. It's all the same to Him. We are all His children. And we have all sinned. And that really brings us all on the same level. Two things make us all the same. Number one, God loves us. Number two, we're all sinners. So whether a person is sinning today, sipping champagne... Or someone today is drinking a 40 out the bottle. Sin is sin. Whether today a man is lusting at a strip club where you have to pay a you know, cover charge to get in. Or whether or not it's today a high school student looking at a pretty girl walking by and he whistles at her. It's all lust. It's all sin. Whether it's the man who boasts that he just got a promotion and is making $250,000 a year and can get that condo downtown. Or whether or not it's the homeless man that boasts that he just got more money than the other brother because he begged better. It's all pride. Now, the two things we have in common is God loves us and we're all sinners. 
The third thing is what we all make a choice in. We all have the same opportunity to be saved, but not everybody is saved. There are some people that will then read the Bible and they'll see every nation, tribe, and tongue in heaven. And what they'll then say is, Pastor, there's no hell. If it says every nation, tribe, and tongue, and language, that means everyone from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language must be there. And that is not what it's saying. There is a hell. Everybody will not be in heaven. There are people that you know that will go to hell. As a matter of fact, when you read the parables of Jesus and He talks about heaven and hell, there's usually, at the best, half of everybody you know is going to hell. The other parable, you remember the parable of the sower with the seed? Three out of four go to hell. Only one out of four go to heaven. Jesus Himself even said, Wide is the gate and wide is the road that leads to destruction and many travel on it. But very narrow is the road that leads to heaven. And very few find Him. So what is our prayer today? Our prayer is for every nation, tribe, and tongue, and language to serve Jesus, to make that third choice, to be saved. So number one, God loves us all. Number two, we're all sinners. And number three, we all need to be saved. And everybody should make that choice today. And I was thinking, you know, because I've been in this thing 13 years, and I was brought up in church, and I'm 31, and I was thinking about how every generation, every pastor, every true Christian always believes that Jesus Jesus can come back in their lifetime. And I began to think about how even the old-timers, you know, people in the 1800s, 1700s, they always thought Jesus was coming back. But I want you to listen to me. There has never been a generation that has been alive that has seen as many signs that we are seeing right now. There was a prophecy, there is a prophecy in the book of Daniel that says in the end times, people will die in battle, and it describes how they'll die. It says they will be incinerated by fire before their sword even hits the ground. For 2,000 years of history, there is no way you could ever set somebody's body on fire and for them to disintegrate into ash before you could drop a sword. But a nuclear weapon will do that in the blink of an eye. That was a prophecy. Another prophecy in the Old Testament that Jesus was soon in returning that that it was close is that the Bible describes a situation in Revelations where two men are preaching the Gospel. They get martyred and everybody, it says, everybody around the world sees it. And then they rejoice and are happy that the two preachers died. Do you know that until 1960, satellite TV did not exist? We've gotten so used to that. The Bible prophesied over 2,000 years ago that there would be an event that we all could watch at the same exact time. Are you guys getting my point? Jesus is coming back. And to make it even more climatic... This population that is around today is the largest population that has ever been on the planet. Now, some of you are like, well, that just makes sense. You know, the longer the planet's around, more people are on the planet. And that is true, but think of it this way. When Jesus said that in the end times He would save the most, you need the most amount of people to save, right? Now, think of this. If we went to heaven right now, and somebody, I think, from Moody figured this out, that if we went to heaven right now, there would be somewhere around one 
to 2 billion Christians going to heaven. Now, some of them aren't really serving God because there's a lot of fakers in there. But, but on our globe right now, there's about 2 billion people that acknowledge Jesus, that pray to Jesus, okay? If those 2 billion people went to heaven, that would mean 3 out of the 4 people you would meet in heaven would all be alive at this time right now. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine going to heaven and telling a joke about Michael Jackson and somebody going, oh yeah, I remember Michael Jackson. Three out of four people would know who Michael Jackson was because they were, they were alive in this generation. Three out of four people would know what 9-11 was. Three out of four people would know what our TV is. You're saying, Pastor, why are you telling me this? Because at the end times, the Bible says that nations will get saved. And right now, more people are getting saved than have ever been saved. Right now in Africa, there's about 50 million Christians. In China right now, there's about that many increasing up to 100 million Christians. Do you understand that Christianity is growing right now eight times faster than the rate of growth? That means as many babies as the world puts out in a day, there's eight times that amount that are being born again into the kingdom of Christ. How many understand revelations is happening before us right now? That has never happened. I mean, you're just talking a hundred years ago. And we obviously have records of our missionaries going to Africa. They were the natives. They were the heathen. Scary African people. Right now, African Christianity grows faster than American Christianity. The Orient, Asia, was unchartered territory. And right now in communist China, people are coming to Christ at the tens of millions, even at the cost of their own life. Somebody say amen. Look at Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Somebody say every tribe and every nation. Come on, every tribe and every nation. Here's some real important things. Paul's preaching right here. He's teaching us an important fact. He says from one man, talking about God, he made every nation of men. Every nation came from one man, Adam and his wife Eve, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him. Somebody say, find God. Though He's not far from each one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are His offspring. Somebody say, from one man came all the nations. So listen to me, my friends, all my Boricuas, all my African Americans, all my Europeans, everybody listen to me, Asian, Filipino, everybody. There's not many races. There's just one race, the human race. It's just the human race. There's one race. Now we should acknowledge our cultures, but how many know we are Jesus culture first? You know what I'm saying? It's legal in my American culture to drink, but I don't do it because I'm Jesus culture. It's legal for me to buy pornography, but I'm not like the average American guy. You see, we're Christ culture first. Amen? So there's one race. And why did God create us? Did He create us so we could have nice cars? Did God create us so we can make nice food? Did God create us so we could just have families? No. The Bible says He created us so that men would seek Him. Come on, everybody say, Men! would seek Him. Why did He create us? So that men would seek Him. God wants you, Nancy, to know Him. He wants you to know Him, Victor. I got your baptism certificate today. Good to see you. He wants all of us to know Him. From beats in the back, who likes to make beats, to 
You know, Isabel and Jorge up in the front, God wants you to know Him. He wants me. He wants everyone to know Him. Right now, the Bible is the most read book in the planet. Jesus is the most popular name. He wants all of us to know Him. All of us know somewhere inside that there's a God. I was with a man from Puerto Rico. We were preaching the gospel together on the streets. It blessed my heart. It made no difference that he only spoke Spanish and I only spoke English. It was the same Jesus. And this brother was sitting here right next to me, or rather standing, and he started to preach to one of the people on the streets, and he just started to sing to them. He started to cantar for the Lord. And I was looking at this brother. I go, man, he is loco. We are in Chicago, on Belmont and Clark. Maybe they do this in the woods or on the beach somewhere in, in Puerto Rico. I don't know. But this brother is just sitting here. The Lord loves you. God bless you. Right on the streets. And tears started to come down my eyes. And I said, God, you're so good. You just taught me something. This brother came all the way here to teach me something. You see, we're one race. We're one people. We have all these things in common. And God loves us. And if we all get connected to God, we're one family. We're not just a family because, you know, you know, you know somebody who rides motorcycles. You have a motorcycle. Oh, you guys are cool. No. When Christians come together, we are a family. There are people, and some of you here know what I'm talking about. Before I could even remember your name, you were already at my house eating dinner. And you're at my house eating dinner. I'm going, man, what's your name again? I forget. Come on. We're a family. And think of it this way. God wants His family to be big. And all the people out here today that say, oh, I don't need the Lord. I don't need Jesus. He still loves them. And that's why we do things like we do today. Invite them for dinner. Invite them to your house. If they didn't come today, invite them to your house. Let us reach out to people so they can reach out to God. Why did God create us? So we can reach out to Him. Somebody said that's important. Turn with me now to Acts chapter 4. Just a few more scriptures and I'm done. And then we'll pray and eat some food. Amen? Oh, God loves the nations. I remember the first time I went down south and that felt like I was going to a whole other nation. Some of you here understand what I'm talking about. I moved into an all-African-American community. I lived in the heart of the South for seven and a half years. I remember literally talking to the kids, not understanding a word that they were saying, and saying, somebody interpret what they're saying. I couldn't understand it, man. It was just so Southern. It was so hood. It was so them. It was so New Orleans. Nolens, darling. You know, that's how they would talk, you heard. And I couldn't even understand them. But I was like, okay, I got it. And then before you know it, I was burling crawfish and scrimps. Do you hear me? I was getting down with them. And I found out that, you know what? God loved them just as much as He loved the white boy from Indiana, Cornhusk suburbs. Amen? Cornfield, that's where I came from. You drive a mile in any direction, cornfield. That's what it was like. But then I was in the hood. But you know what? God loves every nation. Look at Acts 4.12. I was going to tell you some stories, but I don't want to belabor. Maybe I'll tell you a couple of just how God broke my heart. Look at Acts 4.12. It says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So how was my friend Joe from the Calio saved in New Orleans? By Jesus. How was I saved in Indiana? By Jesus. How have you been saved in Chicago? By who? Jesus. How do they get saved in Africa? By who? 
how they get saved in China by Jesus. All around the world, we're singing, rain down. Jesus brings salvation. I was thinking of just the one time that uh, we had these missionaries, these other gringos from the suburbs of Minneapolis. And we were out in the projects of New Orleans. And man, they loved us. And we would stay out there all night and just have a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Amen. And so we would do it, you know what I'm saying, out there in the hood. We would do the thug dizzle for the low for shizzle, you heard. So we were just doing our thug dizzle. And one of the brothers didn't get on the bus. So we left and he's in the hood. And you know when the lights go out in the hood, it's a different place. And so this brother's scurrying around, but all of a sudden, one of the sisters from the church saw him through the window, said, hey, white boy, we know you, you're from Metro Praise, are you lost? He said, yes, ma'am. And then she called him up into the house, fed him, and brought him to the church. You see, it wasn't a race. It wasn't a, she wasn't looking out only for her race. She was looking out for the family of God. She saw a fellow Christian, and she said, Hey, your family, come into my house, eat with me. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse 47. I wish we had that in America today. Many of the nations that are represented here, some of you are from the actual country, from the motherland, as we like to say. And you remember what it was like, you know, when you didn't lock your doors, and you didn't have to, uh, you know, Search every person that came into your house for drugs, knives, and paraphernalia, drug paraphernalia. But I want to tell you something. America is not that way anymore. Obviously, you know that because you live here. But listen, man, my parents and grandparents in America remember not locking their doors. There used to be a time when you didn't have to lock your doors in America. There was a time when literally strangers would be a part of your family. If, if you loved them enough, you would help them, give them something to eat. But in America, we've come so wicked. We, we, you know, my van was stolen the other day. Everybody go, oh, the church van. It's not even my van, the church van. And they stole the, uh, the, the catalytic converter, you know, for the metals and all of that. And, man, I find the thing, it's all jacked up, and they towed it to, a, uh, you know, the tow yard, uh, the junkyard. And I just began to think to myself, you know, what do I have to do to protect my car, man? Do I have to like put a club, an alarm, put it in the garage, put explosives around the garage, and then stand by it with a shotgun? I mean, I'm just living in Chicago already four years, I've had a bottle thrown at me by gangs. I've seen a shootout in the CVS parking lot. I've watched three or four fights right on the streets. I've watched a guy jack, uh, take his car and pull over another car and start intimidating him. I've seen um, my vans stolen, my van broken into. My downstairs apartment building, a homeless man was sleeping in it. And some of you are like, yeah, welcome to Chicago, eh? That's how we, that's how we do it. I know it's kind of a New York accent. That's my best Chicago accent. But how many know that that's not normal? That's not normal for, for any society. It's a sick society. Look at Acts 13.47. What's the answer for our society? Everybody say, Jesus. Come on, it's okay to skip ahead. What's the answer for our society? Jesus, Acts 13, 47. Paul preaching again. He says, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. 
Who did Jesus make a light for the Gentiles? Jesus. Jesus is our light in this dark world. Our brother works with drug addicts. I used to be a drug addict. Who was my light? What brought me out of darkness? Jesus. What brings gangbangers out of darkness? Jesus. What takes good, hard-working people and bring them to salvation? Jesus. Remember, we're all sinners. So whether you say, why well, I don't really drink or smoke. I'm pretty good. No, you're still a sinner. You've told a lie. You've stolen something. You've lusted. We all need Jesus. And Jesus came to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now turn with me in closing to Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Probably our favorite scripture of Metro Praise. How does that message get to the nations? Through us, the church, the Christians who love the world. See, the vision is to love God and to love people. I've got to love you and reach out to you. I love being in Ohio Park. It's okay, brother. Just bring it on in. Amen. Charles and I were out in the hood yesterday. Can I call it the hood? Would you call it the hood? Amen. I live in the hood too, right there on Potomac and Lawndale. Man, I've had to call the police like three and four times on drug dealers in front of my house. But I love them. Me and Charles right there in the hood. You know what we're doing? Talking to the people. And you know what we're saying to them? God loves you. This one young man, African-American gentleman, had a tattoo and it said, Judgment Day. And he said, Brother, I'm not ready for this day. And I said, Man, you have a tattoo that says Judgment Day. Do you know that God wants that young man to go to heaven? Do you know that when God sees the people that we think are different, like Hindus and people from India with the dots on their head, that really means that they're devoted to their God or that they've prayed. Some of you remember being in Mass on Ash Wednesday, a little ash on your head. Do you know that when God sees them, He loves them? He is bringing salvation to the ends of the earth. It's not God's fault that people aren't going to heaven. He's died for them. He's done everything for them. It's their own fault. And it's our fault if we don't tell them. Can you say amen? Let's look in closing to Matthew chapter 18. Or 28, verse 18 rather. Somebody say, every tribe and nation... Then Jesus came to them, talking to His disciples. And He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Therefore, go and make what? Disciples. Not just believers. Not just converts. Not just church members. Not just people who are baptized. But go make disciples. That means followers of Jesus. Make disciples of what? All nations. Everybody say, All nations baptizing them. You baptize a disciple, you see. You don't get baptized to be a disciple. You baptize a disciple. Go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. And how many know we're there right now, preaching the gospel to every nation? Gloria a Dios! Spot in Bogum. That's Polish for God bless you. I know more Latino than I know Polish. That's okay. I strive. We are to make disciples of the nations. And what did God do for America? What did God do for Chicago? He brought the nations here. You and I are here. Look at Griselda, the Rubio family. God bless you, the Rubio family. We love you. Honduras. Amen. I remember 
Amen. We have all of our Mexicanos. George and Isabel and everybody else give it up for Mexico. We have Ricky from the Dominican Republic and his niece. Hallelujah. We have a lot of Boricuas here, right? Amen. Everybody from Puerto Rico, give the Lord a hand clap. We have people from African descent, African American. Give it up for the brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We even have some gringos in the house. Give it up for the gringos. Some Irish gringos. Some Polish gringos. We have some Asians. We have some Filipinos here. Amen. Give it up for the Filipinos. We, we have so many nations just here already. And I know that's a taste of Chicago. But there are so many more that we need to reach out to. We need to reach out to the Middle East culture right now because they think America is George Bush. You know, however you feel about politics, you know, we need to pray for our soldiers, but we need to love Muslims. We're not here to kill them. We're here to save them. Now, obviously, if they want to kill us, we need to kill them. That's how God says you bring peace on the earth. That, that we need an army. I praise God for police officers, an army. But we need to pray for them. And right now, you know who's sending more missionaries to the Middle East, to places like Iran and, and like that? The Chinese Christians. They're leaving their persecuted nation to go to another persecuted nation. We need to see more people from Africa and African descent. There's so many nations in Africa. Sometimes maybe you're just like me and you just generically say Africa. But there's like 30 countries in Africa. Zimbabwe, Mozambique, South Africa. Ethiopia. There's so many African nations. We need to reach out to them. There's so many Asian nations. Singapore, Korea, North and South Korea. There's so many people we can reach out to. Amen? Let's preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Would you do that with me? Amen. Would you stand up and give the Lord a hand clap for Jesus saving the nations? Glory a Dios! Would you bow your head and close your eyes and pray with me today? Thank you for your time. We're going to close our service today. Jesus, we thank you for bringing us here, all the different nations. And I'm sorry if I didn't call your nation because I know there's other Latino nations and some European nations here. But thank you for coming today. I'm going to pray for you today and pray for our families. Lord, I thank you for bringing us here today. Young and old, from all different parts of the world, we're here at one place right now, all for Jesus. And Lord, now I ask you, God, to save, to do exactly what you said you would do. Save anyone here that's not saved. Now with your head bowed and eyes closed, if you're not saved but you need to be saved, I invite you to publicly come up here to the altars on your knees and to invite Christ Jesus into your life.